Happy Monday, beautiful people. Thank you for tuning in to Conversations with Friends. As you know, if you listened last week, I've decided to go ahead and do the every other week on the show, at least for the next month or so, while I get adjusted to new schedules here. Uh, welcome back, family. Happy Monday. Um, this is episode 14. Last week was episode 13 with my mom and really was such a sweet show. If you didn't check that out, you might want to check out episode 13. If you want to hear what I come from, my mama, um, it's a good show. A lot of laughs. Uh, episode 14, um, definitely going back home in a sense again. We moved to Phoenix in March from Portland, Oregon and left a really amazing community there. Uh, left them physically. A really amazing community. We lived in Lentz in Portland, a smaller, uh, what we can maybe call it an up and coming neighborhood. It is an up and coming neighborhood, um, in Portland. <laughs> and, um, and just a lot of friends and memories. And yet we're also making sure that we hold on to those. So today's friend on the show is a plant sister, a neighbor, um, and a beautiful soul. Risa, oh, you just told me how to say it too. Uh, Napoli. Napoli. Yes, Napoli. (laughs) You know when you have it in your head to say it one way, it's so hard. You have to really retrain. It's true. true. (laughs) Risa Napoli is on the show today. Welcome, love. Hi. Happy Monday. Happy Monday. Welcome. I'm so happy to be tuning into you and into Lentz. I know you're sitting in that beautiful little neighborhood. We miss it. Yes, it's a good place for sure. We miss you. It is a good we place. Your, we miss your lovely family in the presence of you all here in Lynn. Oh, man. And in Portland. I'm telling you, if I could live there for the summer months and be <laughs> with you all those summer months, I would do it every single summer. <laughs> right? Maybe you should. Maybe you could do this, you know, back and forth kind of thing. You know, that's that was really our initial, you know, when we first started a family and um, and our movements, which they're not going to stop um, as a family for sure. Um, that's what we talked about, you know, coming from Arizona to, uh, you know, to Portland. And I, I don't know, I think the snowbirds got it right because winter down here right. is magical. <laughs> um, but the summers there are equally so. Very nice. Yeah, is it is it constant rain now? Or are you guys just drenched? Um, we I believe with global warming, perhaps there's been some changes because in the last year or two, there's definitely been a lot more sun. So you know, it's kind of a win for Portland to have a little bit more sun in the winter. Mm. Um, we still have you know like weeks of rain sometimes, but it's been surprisingly um, we already have a little gap of sunshine for like two days or even up to a week. Uh-huh. Somewhere in between, yeah, every couple of weeks. So that's way more than I was used to. Mm. And th- that's life saving. I mean, that was life saving for me. I it couldn't have. I couldn't have lived in old Portland. It, I wouldn't. Yeah. Have it, yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly. We need. We need that sunshine. Oh man, girl. Well, and you are from uh, which we'll get into more later. But you're from Sun Sunshine State. Uh-huh. I got to bring it up because I just have to get you to say what you said to me earlier. It was too funny. Um, Risa's from Trinidad and hopefully you'll talk a little bit about that yourself but um, Risa's from the place that I just really feel like I should move to 
And she told me a year or two ago that um, that God lives there. But but what happened, <laughs> Risa? <laughs> so what's what's saying, the story here? <laughs> there's a saying, since I was a kid, I've heard this, and I'm sure it's, it's been said long before that. Everybody always says, oh, God must be a Trinidadian. And that's because whenever there's any kind of close call with a natural disaster or anything like that, it, there's always something that happens sort of miraculous and the island just doesn't seem to get hit by hurricanes or, you know, any of the usual kind of natural disasters. And so everybody always says, oh, it must be because God's a Trinidadian. <laughs> and that's been a kind of running joke for a long time. Uh, but my dad recently, I spoke to him uh, recently. They've been having some um, bouts of flooding. And so now he's saying that uh, that God must have moved. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but you know, there's just there's a lot of changes going on, going on everywhere. So I don't know where God might have moved to, but hopefully he's still on planet Earth. <laughs> still on planet Earth. Don't leave us. <laughs> yeah, don't leave us. Thank you, Mama. <laughs> Man, I'm telling you that I'm not gonna say it broke my heart, but just a little bit to hear that y'all think maybe God moved. I hope he's just taking a vacation or something. Yeah, maybe he's just on a little vacation. Yeah, yeah, you know. <laughs> Let's not get rid of the saying, Trinidad. I feel like you're my home. <laughs> Come on. Well, that's wonderful to hear. And whenever you're wanting to go there, maybe we could plan a trip together. Girl, I'm telling you, I think we talked about this before. I'm not playing. I'm sure we have. Yeah, let me just, I just got to get my life in order, but I am trying to. <laughs> I want to spend, uh, oh, I'd love to spend winters there, really. Right? Yeah, right. it's even too cold in the desert. This is ridiculous. You know, some recently I've been kind of thinking of some other countries where, uh, like where they've more and more countries, uh, just a few countries really, but have been, um, having all organic agriculture in their whole country. Mm. And that makes me feel like, uh, that's where I'd want to move to if that's uh, what their priority is. Yeah, you know, the then you don't have, to, you don't necessarily have to fight to make that the priority if it's already the priority. And then, you know, it's a healthier place for everyone. Mm. Yeah, I'm feeling international too. It just feels like it's time to go explore. You know, I've, I really want to see how other cultures do it. Um, I got America down. I've lived all around it. I got it, but <laughs> I'm ready right. to, I'm ready to see some <laughs> other things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we met in Lentz. I don't even, I think we met at Lentz, not at the cart, huh? I don't even remember if we met at the cart or. Yeah. I can't remember. You know, now. I don't remember. Yeah, I think friends hooked us up, but, um, and to be honest with you, I can't even remember why now. I just know that we were friends. <laughs> I think actually, gosh, I don't even know now. How did I, I really don't remember. Because I think you introduced me to several other people, um, but I don't know who introduced me to you. How funny is that? I can't But it might, have been, it might have been something with the cart. It might have been just something with like, hey, maybe we can collaborate with things. And that's that's where I that's like my first memories is us talking about the card and working with that and then the food forest. Um, but man, I can't even remember. But obviously, it was I, I, I at least <laughs> maybe personally. you know it was another lifetime and exactly yeah yeah. yeah I knew for sure it was a cistern thing and and you were just like um, you were part of my team I was a part of yours and so I'm super excited to have you here and to be a part of the show. Um, to share your insight and your perspective and your knowledge and your love. So thank you for being here, love. Yeah, thanks for inviting me. Heck yeah. Um, 
so we did talk, started talking a little bit about Trinidad, but I would love to hear um, a little bit about you. I'd like to start the show off with just hearing a little bit about our guests. You could go as far back as you want or stay current. Um, but what's a little bit about Risa? Where do you come from or how did you get here? And um, yeah, just, just a little bit about you. All right. Well, uh, I'm 38 now, so it could be a long story, potentially. <laughs> a lot of years. Um, <laughs> uh, but I'm from Trinidad and Tobago, like we mentioned. And um, I moved to the U.S. when I was 16. And I was pursuing, at the time, medicine, um, this allopathic medicine. That's what I wanted to do as my dream. And coming to the U.S., I realized that the doctors here were pretty awful and mean, and I didn't like them, and I decided I didn't want to do that anymore. Um, and then I found out more about environmental issues and what was going on with the world, and this was, you know, in two, the year 2000, 18 years ago, yeah. and that being really important then and feeling like it was just we needed to have change then and... um decided to change my major into environmental studies. Um, and uh, various, various things happened, I guess, because I wasn't, um, I wasn't a citizen here. So I moved back to Trinidad for a while. I spent some time in India. Um, and while I was in India, I got really inspired to get back into the health, health field, a healing field, mm. um, because I was working with a semi-nomadic group that um, kind of in the forest and the group that I was working with, the NGO I worked with, they brought um, Western medicine to these tribes mm. in the forest. And I was like, why are they wow. doing this? Uh, you know, I understand obviously for emergencies and things like that, it's good to have some sort of transportation. So I thought that part was good. But, you know, they did things like they would just bring pain medicines and stuff like that for them. And I just thought, wow, there's these are folks that have their own system of medicine mm. and it's not being validated. And instead, it's just they're going to wait two weeks for this, for the, you know, uh, van to come around to wow. kill them instead of just using what they already know. And, you know, of course, that's going to lead to them losing their indigenous information. So that was something that inspired me because um, just me as a no no one, just a person from, you know, but from, sort of from America, I guess people saw me as being from America, um, just speaking to them and saying, you know, validating that they, that their medicine is, is a great tradition and it's valuable information. You know, people were surprised to hear that. And I hope that it helped in some way. Um but it really made me realize how all over the world all this information is being lost because it's being suppressed by, wow. you know, progress and what's, um, what's new and what is supposed to be scientific um, instead of, and, you know, none, none of their information is being kept to, because it, it, it works. But if it's not being validated, then they themselves um, feel like it's not going to work mm. um, and you lose it. So, yeah, I just wanted to get back into that. But I looked at her herbalism, wanting to get into herbalism, and I managed to just come across naturopathic medicine 
as a profession while I was doing research on various herbs. And um, when I saw that it was a, like a, a real degree and I'd have I'd be able to be licensed and practice in some states, I thought, okay, this is the dream job. This is the thing I really want to do because mm. I get to do all this herbalism, but I get, you know, it's legit. I get to get paid by insurance companies and all these other things yeah. that really appealed to me. Um, so I went to school here in Portland. That's when we moved to Portland. And, um, you know, the journey at school was a really rough one. Um, I found out that it really wasn't what I thought it was going to be. Um, I didn't get to really learn as much traditional medicine as I thought I was going to learn. Hmm. Um, we, there was a big focus on, um, being, uh, comparable to Western systems. So most of our, um, I feel like most of our education was really based on allopathic medicine rather than traditional naturopathic medicine. Mm, wow. um, and so at the end of it all, I spent a way, way, way too much money, mm. and I'm way, way, way in debt still, and will probably be for the rest of my life. Um, but what I realize is that there's some reason I must have done that. I think I will figure it out one day, but... I realized that it's not what I wanted to do, um, not really what I wanted to do. Yeah. So uh, I've been out of school for uh, about four years now, and I practiced as an naturopath here in Portland for about three years. And um, right about when me and you started uh, talking about collaboration with the food part, that was around where I was starting to think about not practicing in an office anymore um so since then i've been on quite a radical journey um with myself and depth work and uh you know still sort of trying to figure it out but i've come to a different place with with myself now where i i do really have more much more trust in the process and Mm -hmm. how things are improving and um I, I don't regret that I went to naturopathic school because I know it was for a reason and I trust that it will reveal itself one day. And um, in the meantime, you know, I've been exposed to a lot of really great healing modalities and, um, you know, I have the basic information that I need to um, further learn what I would like to learn so that I can work with folks the way I actually want to work with them rather than it, like, you know, as a office doctor and I more and more I just want to work in a community so that's been kind of my journey um I probably left out a million things but I think that's like the main the main things that I think are important for where I am today yeah that's awesome to um you know just more power to you sister for real because I know that that's I know that that wasn't easy to make that decision to step away from that and and to have debt and all of these things there because of it. I know that wasn't easy, and yet you are doing it. And honestly, when I first, at least when I first became aware that you wanted to get into the community and bring your knowledge and your passion into the community and work at a juice cart, you know, I was just, I remember just being so honored that a naturopath doctor who could go out and create a large profession on her own wanted to work with me in my little juice cart business it was so honorable for me because I knew that I what it really told me Risa was that I'm doing something right like I'm doing something right right. like this woman sees that the way we're sharing this plant love there's something right about it 
And yeah, you know, I really, I really loved how um, I still look at you as a model for how I would like to be in the community um, because I haven't quite figured out how I want to do these things that I want to do. Um, but I look at you in the way that you share information as a model for myself, and it inspires me. Uh, I feel like if I could just get over the, you know, the fear, I guess, of speaking on camera and all of that kind of things, uh, you're you're exactly how I would like to be with. Mm-hmm. The way you just share information, just on a very, um, a very easy way. You know, it's, uh, you know, you're just chopping up your food in, in your kitchen and you're talking about it. And I think that that's really all we need is just folks that have information that are willing to share information. And, um, that's the way for us to, you know, um, share this, all these valuable tools that we know. Um, mm. it's, it's what makes us a great community. Mm. And, the internet just allows us to be this huge community to share all these resources. Man, it's so amazing. Thank you for thank you for those words as well. Um, the internet is amazing because it's you know even just my friends in Portland to think if I didn't have social media, I have to leave and come down here and you start a whole new life and you love uh-huh. people you know and you don't want to lose them, but life just moves on so quickly and you're in your day. Um, and I'm just so thankful for it. Um, keeping me close to to distant friends and also the new relationships right like how quick can we influence a thousand people now it's it's Uh in day a day two day an hour it's amazing right exactly exactly the friends that you must meet through all the work that you're doing it must be amazing man and so i have an aquarian moon and so i'm very friendly it's just naturally like (laughs) you are absolutely i agree with that (laughs) I have, I find a lot of value in friendships and it's interesting, um, to me, even as I get older to recognize how many friends I make along my path. Um, you know, um, but that's the work of the healer, right? Is we have to be open in that sense. I think that it's my way of, cause I, I'm not gonna say I wasn't always like this, but I was definitely shyer in other times of my life. And I think it's, it's necessary. Like you have to be ready to talk to anybody just about. Right, right. Um, man, okay. So I'm so happy that you said that to me, though, because now I'm, I'm <laughs> you just, you put some inspiration in me. So, because we can break through <laughs> the fear, Risa. We can break through the fear. I have, I had to break through it, too. <laughs> I had to break through it, too, girl. So I'm so happy. Yeah, well, I, you know, too. all I got to do is watch some more of your videos, and then one day I'll be ready, and then I'll, I'll do it, too. Man, all right. I'm going to pull you on Healing Kitchen one day. I'm going to start bringing friends on the cooking show. So you're going to come. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's a good idea. All right. Um, well, cool. Um, so actually, uh, let's talk a little bit about that because I know that that's a shared passion that we have. Uh, it's a perfect transition, actually, is food and healing with food. Um, I'm, I'm really interested. I know we've talked a little bit, I would imagine, actually, but I can't remember specific stories. So I'm, I'm so interested in um, any traditional knowledge or awareness that you can remember as a child from Trinidad when yeah. it comes to food and healing or culturally. Um, and just let's just have a conversation about food and, and what you're doing and maybe how you eat and how you structure your diet. Because uh, as a naturopath, you have studied both sides, right? Like you, you, mm-hmm. you kind of understand that side and, and the significance to the science. And yet there's also real life. So, um, right. yeah, what's, what's cooking in the kitchen? Well, I see some really you know, good recipes come out of your kitchen too, Risa. Yeah, you can get there's down. been some. Yeah, there's been some. I think uh, there's been a little bit of a slowdown more recently because um, I just 
haven't been posting things as much online because you know it, when when I think if you're in that inner sort of inner space doing work, it's kind of hard sometimes yeah. to you know reach out outside of that. Um, but um, yeah, I feel like I I I love to cook. Um, I love to just come up with things, whatever ingredients I have. Um, I just kind of see what's in the fridge and take it out and then put it all out on the countertop and then just try to figure out what I'm going to do with it, mm. what kind of flavor I'm looking for. And, um, yeah, but I, you know, I think, I think part of that is because just growing up, um, you know, we, we didn't grow up with, with, uh, my mom never used recipes. My grandma never used recipes. Everything mm. was always just from the head and just from the heart. So, uh, yeah, I, I like that kind of spontaneous, spontaneity of cooking i love to just create something um and try different flavors see what what tastes good with what or taste something and say hmm this might taste good with the milk petals or something like that something mm. that might seem kind of crazy but is actually so delicious um well risa I ha- okay so i have an idea from you saying that so yeah are you down to do a healing kitchen with me sure how would we do that we i just facebook live you in I have an idea okay. for it. Let's do okay, okay. what you just said. We take it. We take things out of. We take like everything out of our refrigerator, mm-hmm. and we have to make uh-huh. our meal from that. Awesome! I love it because yeah, I, I kind of challenge myself in an Iron Chef kind of manner, yeah. like all the time. <laughs> all right, all right, we're gonna do that together next few weeks. That's that's happening. Audience, stay tuned. Okay, awesome. That right. sounds fun. That's gonna be so much fun. <laughs> uh, and yeah, I guess other like memories too from childhood. Um, you know, I think that um, health and medicine and food has just been completely intertwined in my in my recollection of of food. Um, everything, you know, my my tradition, my background is Indian, like from India, and um, so. Every spice that we use has medicinal properties. Um, in a lot of cultures around the world, that's the way it is. Uh, the spices are medicines, and we've learned to combine them in certain ways based on Ayurvedic principles. And even though I didn't grow up learning the Ayurvedic principles, when I learn about something now, I can see, oh, that's why they combine this with that, mm. and that's why with this food. Um, it, it, you know, it, it, it opens me up to understanding more, like everything had a reason for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and you come to associate the certain foods with certain spices and flavors. Um, and that's just how they're made. But the reason behind them is a long science of Ayurvedic medicine. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, that's, that's been, you know, there's been similar systems in so many other civilizations, um, so it's definitely not a new thing, and it's a very, very old thing. Um, and I just love how, uh, you know, things that might be old wives' tales, or maybe when I was growing up, I would think it was an old wives' tale. My mom saying, don't do this with this, or don't add this to this, or whatever it is. I can't think of anything in particular right now, but um, finding out later that I've actually had a lot of science behind it. Hmm. Um so that's been that's always been pretty amazing to to learn those things. It always opens my eyes, brings a big smile to my heart. Mm-hmm. Um, was food a big yeah. deal in the family too? So those recipes was I mean was the kitchen the center of the home? Yeah, yeah. Um, I feel like uh, yeah, the warmth of the house was always in the kitchen. Everybody always hung out in the kitchen. 
um, whether you're helping or not helping, you just kind of sit around in the kitchen while someone else, someone is cooking and then you wait for food mm. or you help or, um, yeah. And I, I think I especially remember things that were, um, medicine, but you didn't think about it as medicine, like, you know, certain teas, um, like, you know, now everybody has golden milk. Um, and that was something that my grandma and mom would make. For us all the time, kind of as a treat, but maybe they maybe there was a treat, like they made it seem like it was a treat, but it was actually like they thought we were getting ill or something like that, and they gave it to us. I don't even really know because you just thought of it as a treat. Hmm. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, all kinds of things like that that are just um, just part of just part of the culture, and not you don't think of it as separate from food. Yeah, yeah, that's powerful. Like you're saying with. Um, the um, the communities that you were with in in India to hear how I mean how basic you know because to not who really knows why they were bringing that pain medication like is this is this a conscious effort and decision to transform these people in their lives and their culture or is this like people just trying to help other people out it's it's mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. it could be so deep and you know and yet so shallow as well and yet to to hear how strong that you know, the, the, um, ripple effect of just that one thing of a painkiller. Um, because it's not something specifically discussed. It's just a part of their everyday. It's, this is life. That's how we got to being able to build these massive cities and societies is because we started building with plants. (laughs) Um, It's so powerful. Yeah, um, I, I honestly don't think it was an intentional thing that they were trying to do. Um, but I think that's just what happens when you have a, a nonprofit organization in a developing country that's doing work, but the funding is coming from a Western country. And mm-hmm. so their ideas are what's being, um, funded. Um, so something like, um, you know, this van that would go around to provide medicine in their minds, it's, um, they're doing this really great deed of providing medicine for folk. Um, and I don't think the thought was there about what are, what is this doing to tradition, the traditional medicine. Mm. So like I think it's it, it, it it more it like too. them not thinking rather than them planning to do, you know, to destroy their culture. Mm. Mm. Yeah, it's, that's deep. Um, because it's definitely the foundation of, of everything we do. Um, yet there is definitely a plant freedom movement on the rise. They are, you know, so many of us are, are hearing this call. So I hold faith. Right. Um, right. And I, I think it's, it, I think there's a really something big to be said for when people from industrialized countries can validate the herbal medicine um, around the world. It, it makes a big difference for traditional people. Hmm. that are being pressured to use Western medicine or to move away from traditional medicines. You know, um, if the traditional healer is seen as, you know, just doing magic or, you know, not, um, not doing, not doing medicine, they're, they're being seen as doing, um, fake medicine or, uh, you know, just not, um, not doing something that's based in, in reality or, uh, in science, and and so people are being pressured to not go to the traditional healers and to go to the hospitals and see the doctors. Um, and I I think that there there could be a good balance that can be struck, you know, between 
you go to the hospitals for emergencies, perhaps, and you use traditional medicines for the things that you always use traditional medicines for. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's so powerful, Risa. That's um, you. <laughs> it's a trip how your life can change in a moment. <laughs> you like yeah. just put like me on a new on a new like you just added to my path. Like to to hear that that is significant for Western. Well, what I and what I'm breaking down, I'm going to regurgitate it in this way, but it's significant for us um, to learn herbalism and to um, uh, confirm it. Or what was the word you just said? Yeah, validate. Validate to validate it, and and in that, like, oh man, that is so powerful to me. In in our validation that this works, we're actually assisting in the healing of indigenous populations in any way, shape, or form. I never thought of that. I have to. I've got to really dig there. That is so beautiful to me. Yeah, I, I was very lucky to travel to Togo and Ghana um, in 2010. And that was a similar dynamic there. I, I was already in naturopathic school, so I made a point to visit with several traditional healers while I was there. And that was something that they talked about. They just, you know, they were very concerned about the loss of the knowledge and, um, you know, the fact that uh, they were ridiculed as healers mm-hmm. because it's not based in science. And I couldn't do it at the time because I was so overtaken and overwhelmed by school but um something that one of the healers there wanted to um to ask me if i could do was to try to organize some sort of global conference so that they could be validated like if there was an herbal conference that had people from industrialized countries come to uh togo and ghana I i think it was in togo um that it would give them so much um so much credit, so much creden- uh, credential of the validity wow. of what they're doing. And I wished I could have done it then, but I couldn't. I mean, it doesn't mean it can't happen still. Wow. Um, oh, that's happening. Yeah. It was, it was such a, it seemed, it was, it was clearly very important because people are moving away from the traditional healers while we in, in the U.S. and in other countries, in industrial countries, are moving towards herbal medicine. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, if we, if we don't want countries to have to miss, to like, you know, go all the way off path just to come back on it, you know, maybe we can help prevent them going off path in the first place. Wow. That is, oh my goodness. Cause my next question is, is what would be a real strong impact? Herbal conferences in, oh my goodness. Risa! <laughs> <laughs> Why are you an angel? Oh, you're so sweet. Oh, I'm so serious. Oh my goodness. I feel there's there's things that happen. You know, the most recent one was um, figuring out that we could help people learn how to imp- improve and increase the uh, the strength of their child's immune systems before vaccinations and then help detox after vaccinations. Like this, oh. this got into my soul and I'm like, okay, well, this is life work. You, you just brought more of that into me that I... I'm so serious. I feel so deeply. That's amazing. Oh, honey, we got to plan that together. That's why we know each other. Right? Yeah. As I was saying it, I I felt, okay, this is it. This is what I was meant to cut just to meet you. And I was meant to talk to you right now just so that I would remember this uh, Mm. this plea that uh, this one traditional healer had for for me to, to try to connect him with some of the 
you know, um, herbalists here in, in the U.S. Oh, man. And we're going to bring herbalists of all different shades and colors, too. And that's what's so dope is that this this team of plant people that's been building, um, it's so diverse and it's spread out all over. Oh, my goodness. I'm so excited. <laughs> I told you I just saw Tony Robbins yesterday. I got this late night call yeah, from a friend. Oh, it's so dope. And I'm like supposed to be at the shop and had a play date and all these things. And he said, look, my wife can't go. Do you want to go? I said, heck yeah. I don't care what I'm doing. I'm going to go see Tony Robbins. Um, and I've never been to anything like this before. This was my first time ever doing anything like this, but it felt like I had to go. And I'm sitting there in there in that audience. And he said there's 8,000 people in there. I, I don't know how that's the case, but that's what he said. And um, it was all day thing, 12 hours. Wow. And girl, by the end of it, I'm like, you know what? Forget this. I can do this. I could put on an event like this with amazingly powerful speakers and motivate an entire room full. Like I, in my gut, I just knew it. And for you, oh, to you not, sure again. <laughs> wait, Risa, for you to be telling me this now that, oh my gosh, I says, oh, sorry, guy, uh, audience. This is, um, this is becoming a more personal conversation, <laughs> but. <laughs> I'm amazed right now. That's so special. Um, I'm holding that super close. That's like next yeah. few years, Risa. Next few years. And you know, uh, um, so Ghana this year, it, or is um, is building is sort of like uh, claiming 2019 as the year of the return mm. for folks mm. to come visit Ghana and re- reconnect with their heritage there. Um, so maybe you'll end up visiting Ghana. Man, um, 2019, it's going to be a big one. Um, <laughs> all right, let's get back on, on, on top of it because I'll just keep, I'm in a, I'm in a dream world there. I got to shake myself out of it. Um, <laughs> that's so powerful. So I'm, I'd love to hear a little bit from, you know, from, from a person who has studied from a naturopath. I mean, you still are a naturopath to me. I know you're not practicing now, but, um, you, you could be licensed at any moment. So, um, from a naturopath's perspective and also from a person who's lived you know, been in the bush with folks and seen that and, and is from where you're from. Can you share with the audience a little bit about why food really is like the foundation of our health and maybe not even the foundation because spirit and mental, you know, and energetic is real. Um, uh-huh. but like, why really is it that that food heals and that plants and nature heals? And, you know, from your perspective, that balance, why is that the most, you know, one of the most important things that we focus on in our healing and in our, um, you know, just in, in healthy societies and communities? Yeah, I think it's a really broad issue. Um, okay. I would start with, um, you know, I was just watching this little program earlier today and it was talking about how plants have evolved evolved with us um and i i think that's a big part of it is that um plants have what we need because we've co-evolved with them Mm. um and plants have all of those parts to them but they're also um whole you know uh in in um western medicine and they'll extract one constituent from a plant and they'll say that's the active constituent and it's the only thing that matters. But in actuality, a plant always has hundreds of other parts to it that all work together in a holistic way on our bodies um, and help to balance off the, you know, that one part. Mm. When it's just the one part, you know, that causes the side effects because it's not balanced with all the other parts of the plant. Yes. Um, 
So I think one reason is just the cool evolution that we, we have grown, we've grown through the plants. The plants have allowed us to grow into who we are. Mm. So they're essential for us. They're part of, they're part of who we are. Um, and, uh, I would say just, I want to bring in a little bit about, um, gardening and farming because, mm-hmm. um, in the last year, uh, I did a, a farm internship, um, as part of what I wanted to, you know, work towards this different way of practicing, just like practicing, um, mm-hmm. in a more grounded manner and a more community manner. So I wanted to learn about farming and food justice issues. Um, and so I did an internship earlier this year. And what I found was just the, the act of being with the, with the earth and growing plants was probably the most healing thing I could have done for myself. Yes. Um, it, it, it wasn't just because I was eating better, because of course I was eating better because there's all this food available even in the winter. There's something you can pick and mix something, you know, grow something, add some, 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 some flavor to your food or whatever it is. There's always something that you can get directly from the ground. And, um, but just, just that relating to the earth, I think, um, and, uh, the way I think it connects us to our ancestors was a really important part of it. Um, for me, my, uh, my ancestors who all came to Trinidad from India and then even the ones who were in India, more, more than likely they were also agricultural, um, folks and, so for me, connecting with the earth was connecting with my ancestors. And we all come from, at some point, uh, some agricultural um, family. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've all done that. And so, you know, I think we connect with where we started to interact with plants in that way. And, and like a really nourishing, um, let's help each other out kind of way. Um, so I think that... Uh, Whole foods and growing food when possible um, connects us in a way that, um, you know, there's just no way a pill would would give you um, anything close to that kind of benefit. Yeah. Um, and I think another part of it is just the the minerals and vitamins, uh, enzymes, everything that you get from fresh food. Um, are things because we've put evolved with plants, those are all things that we need for our bodies to work properly. Um, so when you have processed foods, you're losing a lot of those vitamins. And, you know, I'm not, I, in some ways, I don't even care so much about, you know, what's a bad food or what's an unhealthy food for, um, for a person to eat if, if they're still getting like real food yeah because you still if as long as you're still getting that um you know that contact with the, the minerals and vitamins and enzymes and everything um i feel like it doesn't matter if you eat something else that's in our society but if that's all that you're eating you're only eating things that are processed then you're never getting those vitamins and minerals and especially some of the trace minerals i think um there's been a lot of linkages to lack of trace minerals um, in in factory farmed um, foods uh, and a lot of various diseases that are becoming more predominant because we don't have those. It's, it's not even in the food when we eat the food because 
it's not in the soil. Hmm. And so I get into the sort of bigger issue that I want to work myself want to work on is, uh, you know, the connection between um, farming and like regenerate regenerative practices for the land. And how do we get the soils back to, you know, where, where there should be that they have all of those minerals that the plants need, not just for them, but because we depend on the plants for the, to get those minerals out of the soil. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, there, it's just so interconnected. I, I don't even know where to start. <laughs> well, and yet you also kind of just laid it out too, like. you know like you said they're literally a part of us um the physical structure you know it's like physically this is a part of our of us Uh (laughs) right right and you know i think a big a big example of that of course is like you know the endocannabinoid system in our bodies right just that that's just such a mystery to me and it just fascinates me but i think that in similar ways um various plants uh, have you know, that, um, resonation is a, a resonance with our body. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, um, you know, I, I first started using essential oils or first introduced it to them, um, as medicine, as healing when my children were young. I remember the story that I was getting from the woman that introduced me to them. And she was saying like her son had a torn ACL and she was putting helichrysum on his leg and Mm. and basically he was healed in like two weeks or something and the doctors were (coughs) excuse me all appalled because ACLs never heal like that or that well or that quick and um you know it sounded kind of cray cray to me um and yet at the same time I was like okay so I I didn't really have many uses for them in the first couple years with the babies but as they got older um, to like, to actually watch your child go from one state to another because you gave them an essential oil, which are just such potent, you know, concentrations of that plant, that plant healing power. It's, there's nothing, there's nothing and no one that can change my mind that these plants have a way to communicate with the body that nothing else does. (laughs) Nothing else works like that. Right. <laughs> Period. Like, and children are the ones you can trust. My my children don't know to fake anything, really. Like, they're that's just not how they're raised, and it's just it's mind blowing. It really is. It really is. Yeah, I I experience that also with um, when I use homeopathy on my cats mm. because I know that they don't know what I'm giving them. In yeah. fact, they rather I, I have to do it in such a way that they don't know that I'm doing anything. Will you share a little bit about what you do with them? Because I'd love to hear that. And just for, I know folks um, will be listening. Sure, yeah. Um, so, let's see. So, recently, my one kitty is pretty anxious kitty. And uh, he's been, like, really itchy and, um, like, licks himself so much. Cause he's so, so itchy. He's, like, biting mm-hmm. into himself. And um, I decided to try homeopathic sulfur for him. And I just put it in his water. So, and, sulfur, um, you said? Sulfur, yeah. Mm-hmm. I just used a, a low potency, so I use a 60. Mm-hmm. And homeopathy works in a way that's really um, interesting in that um, if something is higher potency, it actually has less of a substance in it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's something that's it's a medicine that's diluted. And um, it's diluted so many times, and then 
what's called potentized, like it's shaken in a certain way. And um, what the theory behind it is that it um, it extracts the energetic imprint of the substance. Mm. So there's no physical substance left in there uh, at certain potencies, but it works even better because it's taken purely the energetic imprint. Wow. Um, so it can work pretty fast. Um, and it, because of that too, you know, it's less likely to have major side effects. Um, just because, I mean, it can still have some effects. Um, but, uh, it doesn't have long-term side effects because the minute you stop taking it, there's no more side effects from it. Mm. Um, and, um, yeah, so my kitty, um, I, I put it in his water, uh, maybe three days in a row. And I noticed that he stopped itching mm. and I didn't do anything else. So yeah, that, you know, it just, I'm like, okay, I know my cat doesn't know that I just put this thing in his waters, but yeah. he's not trying to tease me. And <laughs> it's like, I'm going to not itch. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to prove her to he's right. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, and another time too, um, my other cat, Deshi, he got into a sort of traumatic situation where he had a um, collar around his neck and it got stuck in his mouth. And Aww. then he sort of fell over and we heard him and then we, we got him. But he was sort of passed out when we got him. Mm-hmm. And um, and I quickly just grabbed uh, an Arnica um, homeopathic, mm-hmm. a high-potency one, and I just put it on his lips and then he it just got into his mouth. And he immediately, I would say within two seconds, woke up. Wow. And... You know, he was still recovering, but he was, he was like passed out before that. Wow. Um, so, you know, and, and these are just my own personal experiences, but I've experienced through other doctors and, um, for my own healing and various other things, just how homeopathy, um, can work really amazing. It's just, it doesn't work if you don't use it the right way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you don't use it on the, if you don't use the right remedy, it's not going to work. And I think that's why um, sometimes it gets a bad rap because if you use it as a more general remedy, it may not work. It's a very specific in how it works. Hmm. You're inspiring me with that too. I, I haven't really gotten into homeopathy, um, and and yet I've heard some really powerful stories about it. Um, and I know yeah. that that plant that you know, pet stuff. I had Coco. We lost Coco. Do you know that? Oh, yeah. I saw yeah, okay. that on Facebook. Yeah. yeah. Um, Cutie. I know. I miss him so much. He was such a sweet dog. <laughs> uh-huh. um, what's funny is that he died on a day. This is totally side note, but he died on a day that's that equaled nine and 11. And I'm looking at the clock right now and it's nine 11, my time. <laughs> hey, Coco. Hey, Coco. <laughs> hey boo you knew we was talking about you yeah Um, but yeah he used to have seizures and frankincense one drop of frankincense on to just get on his fur and he would stop in seconds Um, wow i love that yeah it's just so powerful like you know that i mean that's just that real deal And and it blows my mind right like how you know, I, I've done, I've studied essential oils and and why they work, and they can communicate like the endocannabinoid system, like the the uh-huh. cannabin the cannabinoids fit right, and they fit in there and are able to to share the communication. But how does it work so fast? <laughs> Is like 
that's why those folks are called magicians and that's why people right. want to call you know folks women and, and men who work with the earth and heal magicians uh-huh. and witches and because uh-huh. it's like well that's just weird and it is right but that's the way life is <laughs> and the thing is it, it's, it's all its own system it's just if you don't understand it it will seem like magic Mm. You know, just like, mm. yeah, anything, if, if anybody from the present goes back into the past somewhere and brings a phone and can, you know, do all the things that you can do with a phone that people would say was magic, right? Mm. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, there's just like, it's just entirely developed systems that if you don't know what it is, it sure, it, it will seem like sorcery or, you know whatever the devil's work as some people would say because <laughs> healing's got to be something associated yeah you know healing's got to be yeah it's got to be demonic if it's healing yeah <laughs> don't be getting over there feeling better now it's a trip um i definitely feel the awakening though within myself and within the people around me and around the world even if they're not in our direct spheres um, you can feel, you know, the the earth herself recognizing as a mother, you know, your children just need adjustments. You have to just adjust them a little bit. And that's the job of a parent, at least from my perspective. And I see that reflection in Mother Earth that she's always aware when adjustments are needed and she makes them. Um, we talked about this on the show before, but a girlfriend was telling me like, um, Douglas Furs in New Zealand, um, is it New Zealand? No, it's not New Zealand. It's, uh, shoot. It's up North. Um, some Northern country. I can't even literally gone in my, from my head. (laughs) Douglas Furs had become like invasive. They were, instead of taking 60 years to grow, they were growing to full height in like 20 years and becoming invasive. Um, so folks were harvesting a lot of trees for oils. Which, you know, I don't know how I feel about it all the way. Using so many essential plants to make essential oils to heal. I get it. But anyways, you know, a lot of folks will see that as some bad thing. Like they're being invasive. And the way I see it is Mother Earth knows we need more trees for whatever reason. So she grew more trees. (laughs) And I don't know if this is just like the dreamy Pisces in me. Just, you know, always seeing things through rose-colored glasses. But... If she is an unconditional loving mother that that I feel and that so many of us have felt to be true, then that's what moms do, you know. Right. It doesn't right. matter if you were just not listening to me and, and just broke a, a dish and you're frustrating me. If you need something, I'm going to provide it to you. That's, you're my baby. Right. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I love that. I love that approach, actually. Yeah, uh, that's a, that's, that's, seems to me exactly why you would have more of these trees, right? Because if somewhere else something's being deforested, we need we need a certain balance of trees for life to continue on Earth. So she's providing. And like with weeds, you were just mentioning how our dirt is, is so mineral and, or trace mineral and, and mineral um, deficient. Uh-huh. Um, you know, what the plants that people call weeds are some of the most mm-hmm. mineral-rich yes. plants on the Earth. <laughs> Yes, absolutely. And, and that's because it's, it's being grown on all uncultivated land. If it's uncultivated land, it, it's more likely to have minerals still intact. But the areas where we've just been plowing and plowing and plowing and, you know, just doing monoculture plants, um, it doesn't allow the soil to regenerate. 
and they they, they attack the weeds and the weeds are the plants that dig down deep and break up the rocks yeah, and bring exactly. up the minerals and then die exactly. and like, you think of dandelion i had dandelions in that garden at our house in Linz. the same dandelions grow for four years and that plant just would would just die back every year and then grow back and die back and she was just adding all these minerals you know to the soil and so right. it's like, well, you you got to stop the war against the mineral makers if you want to have a, <laughs> if you want to have right. minerals. Stop killing the the beans that grow to make minerals. <laughs> <laughs> it's so cool to be able to see it like that, you know. Because I, I still I I even hear very um, deep plant people, you know, kind of talk about weeds and some type of we have to move them away. But it's like, guys, we are we're missing something here. Yeah. You know, yeah, I guess there's some, some folks that feel like invasive plants, you know, um, maybe can get in the way of the native plants, um, and that's why some people will try to wage war on them. Um, but I, I, more and more I hear about more herbalists that are talking about what you're talking about, which is if it's growing, it's growing for a reason, mm. and let's use it. We maybe, maybe it's a sign that we need it. Yeah. You know, that, there's this the idea. Knowledge. Yeah, there's this idea that if some, some weed just pops up in your yard or, you know, somewhere that you frequent and you learn about it, you might find that you need it mm. and it popped up for you. And it's almost a for sure thing. If it's not for you, it's for somebody very near there. Yeah. Um, because yeah. we are truly living an energetic frequency experience. It's not uh-huh. pretend. This uh-huh. is an energetic experience and energy responds, you know, so it's. It's what's happening. We're always balance is always being attained, uh, obtained in, in existence. It's that's what the dualistic experience is all about. And I just it, we just don't honor the processes. It seems or recognize them. Yeah, or we're just too busy to to see them. Mm, too busy, yeah. Busy, busy. Um, which I have to tell you, in my busy life, when I saw that picture come down my timeline. Of your beautiful bald head, I was <laughs> so inspired and just um, really happy for you. Um, and uh, in a in a moment of even you know of of uh, of worshiping rebirth with you. Um, so I don't know how much you would want to share on the show with us, but I'd love to just hear a little bit, uh, just talk about that experience or maybe what led you to that. Um, um, you shaved all your head off recently, and I yeah, I shaved that, all my hair off. It's I powerful. <laughs> so, uh, let's talk a little bit about it because I feel like there's a yeah. lot of women, especially around the globe, feeling these types of pressures. Actually, within the time that you did, I had another two women on Facebook also shave their heads. Yes, it's beautiful. It is, I love that. and it's a true rebirth, <laughs> and it's a real yeah. process that I think women have to go through, and we go through it time and time again, and it's. Yeah. breaking down of old self. So um, tell us a little bit about what that experience has been like for you, Risa. Or yeah, maybe what brought well, you to it. It's, it's been, um, well, it, uh, what led to it is probably years in the making um, of my journeying with myself and allowing myself to go deeper into darkness and um, uh, trying to rebirth um, in various ways, and um, it just came to a point where I felt I felt the call. Like you said, we were talking earlier, 
I just felt the call that it was, it was today, you know, I needed to do it. And I, I mean, I did think about it. Some, I realized it had been on my mind for, for many years. Mm-hmm. And, um, I thought about what were, what were the things that would keep me from doing it because, you know, hair grows back, so it's not really a big deal. And most of the things were things that I wanted to let go of, like, mm-hmm. um, you know, just the patriarchal standard and, um, male gaze and, um, caring about, um, you know, the sort of more normal standard of beauty. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, something I shared with some of my friends was that I always thought of my hair as my, my one thing that I liked about myself, which is a little sad because mm-hmm. I love myself fully, right? Mm-hmm. But my hair was the one thing I could, I could tangibly say, oh, I love my hair. Mm-hmm. And, um, it actually seemed, that's kind of why it seemed important to take it away because I didn't want to use that as the one thing I love about myself. I want to love myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, I felt that that was, I felt like this was a way for me to more fully embody in myself and not have like a external, um, point of reference for myself, but to really finally fully ground into myself and that's exactly how it's been like, ever since I did this um you know I've been doing that as a process for the past couple of years but ever since I uh, actually shaved my head I feel like um I suddenly feel fully in my own sense of myself mm. um and, and I I, I it's, it's kind of amazing mm. just to have that experience to to have like the, uh, I don't know, like, um, it's, it's just saying, you know, you know, away with you, with whatever other, whatever other ways I was judging myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm done with it. And, um, I, now I can just feel myself in my mm-hmm. Um, and I, I mean, it's, it's, you know, there's just so much to it. Uh, but I agree with you that um, I think every woman may may go through this experience. I, you know, I, I kind of hope that they do. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody has their own journey, um, and I feel like yeah, my journey has just brought me to this place where I needed to remove that external um, thing that made me feel conventionally beautiful. Mm. And instead, I just feel like damn beautiful now, like yeah. so much more, so much more. Um, I've, I, I feel way more alive and, um, I can look at myself and say, truly say, wow, I really love you. Like, wow, you are like, you excite me. I look at myself and I'm like, whoa, I, who is this woman? I love her. Oh, <laughs> Um, so yeah, it's been, it's been really amazing. And, um, yeah, a lot of women, um, I think most of the support I've had about it has been from other women, Mm -hmm. um, that are like, well, I want to do that too. Or when I was, I kind of did a little Facebook poll initially, like, you know, should I do this? And 
I noticed that every woman who responded was like, yes, do it. <laughs> and some men were like, yeah, great. But like some men were like, no, don't do that. Why would you do that? Like things like that. Not um, but every single woman, <laughs> every single woman was like, yeah, do it. Mm. <laughs> and every woman I know who has gone through the process, um, nobody, I've never met anyone who's ever regretted it. No. <clears throat> no yeah. regrets in that process. That's no, not at all. Mm-mm. And I, I, what actually made me think about too the fact that I, you know, maybe something that women go through is my mother in law. When I first told her I did it, she almost. She said kind of real quickly too, like, well, a lot women do this, Lenita. <laughs> and I think maybe she maybe she thought I was breaking down after having all these babies and stuff. I don't know. But um, <laughs> but it was great for her to say that because at the same time, for me to have a you know, woman in her seventies say that to me, it's like, okay, I'm this is a very normal process that probably many women get to where I need to shed because uh, that was a big thing for me too. I have to shed whatever it is the world expects me to look like. Like I got to get out right. of this. Um, uh-huh. And man, that whew, you got to reintroduce <laughs> yourself after that. It's true. You introduce yourself to yourself. Mm. Yes, girl. Well, I'm. Um, you sound so good, Risa. I'm really happy that um, just you and I got to catch up and connect right now. Um, you sound so good, so healthy. Um, man, I'm excited, girl. Yeah, I'm excited to check out this, uh, we'll, we'll be cooking together by webcam. That's like <laughs> Chopped Healing Kitchen. We're going to call it Chopped Healing Kitchen. Uh, yeah, yeah, I love chopped. it. Um, <laughs> we're going to start with just me and you, and then we'll see if some other people want to join. We might be able to do like yeah. three or four people at some point in time. This is going to be awesome. so dope. Yes. Yeah, 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 I love it. Um, we are having an herbalist conference an international herbalist conference. I, I feel like this is big work that um, a group of folks, yeah. American herbalists, could commit to to developing an, an international annual herbal conference that takes whatever it is that we need from here, whatever type of validation we have from here, and bring it to yeah. different communities around the world. Yes. Um, that is so, like, oh, I'm thanking, giving so much gratitude to that coming out today. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm grateful for you, to you for that as well because it's something I stored away in my mind and something I knew, but it wasn't something that was at the forefront for me. Ooh, that is major. Um, and, and I feel it's major because it really is like this ancient future thing, right? Like a lot of people want to talk about going forward as just negative and bad and negative and bad and negative and bad. And it's like, well, we've uh-huh. been doing this, you know, we've been at times of, of massive change and, and restructuring and we do it every time. We wouldn't be this far along um, uh-huh. if we weren't good at that. So an adaptation is, is what we do. Um, and yet here we are going forward with this opportunity to help nourish what we're leaving. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, we're, uh-huh. that's how perfect existence is, <laughs> is uh-huh. the very community, the American, you know, I mean, America's done a number for sure. And things have been going on way before then, but we've done a number on the world for sure. Um, yeah, for sure. For sure. And to know that, 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 that entity is going to be a part of its own healing you know what i mean like yeah. and i see uh-huh. it on so many different levels even just the the children that are being born in america this you know the fact that unschooling that i can unschool my children and that i'm allowed to not even allowed but that 
you know, I don't have any big challenges with doing that, with just stepping uh-huh. outside of the system. Um, we have that, we have some revolutionary energy here and the people that established here, you know, that raped and murdered, like there's a revolutionary uh-huh. spirit here. And right. it's beautiful right. to be able to see that although it, it can cause death and destruction, it can also heal. Um, yeah. So inspiring. And I think it, in a lot of ways we can be, you know, American culture and society can be, hey, we did do this other thing. And no, go back, go back. Like, yeah. you don't want to go down that way. Like, we've yeah. been down that way. It's not it's not the way it leads to a dead end, you know? Man. And with the youth, like having youth conferences, because I feel like it's really like that's really who we need, you know, need to be with. But uh-huh. girl, I this is I got to be patient on this. I know this is about like way more years <laughs> out, but this is right, also right. this is on my this is it, girl. Ten years. Yeah. Ten years. And honestly, I feel like um, herbalism and then also regenerative farming. Both of those yeah. are. You know, regenerative farming is just traditional farming. It was the farming that was there before the, what they call green revolution, which was just the chemical revolution. Yeah. Um, all of the traditional farmers are also losing their way of farming because they're being pressured by modern agriculture to do it the modern way. Mm. And, you know, we, 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 it's, it's kind of important that we get on that because we need to learn. And same thing with the herbs. It's like we need to learn from the folks that are there doing it now still they're they're barely hanging on they don't have people to pass on their information to sometimes because mm-hmm. nobody's interested mm-hmm. um so maybe we have to be those people who yeah. can receive that knowledge so and hold it and keep it and keep sharing it so that it, it doesn't go away and doesn't get lost forever mm. risa that's big work oh it honey is. that's such big work that's so exciting that's like I've just, it's like I have in my heart this, this, this space for all of these herbalists and all these plant people I've been gathering around me in the last few years. And I just know that there's some big work for this group of people to do. And, and there's natural trust building. There's natural relationships building. People are connecting through the connections of the connections. Like it's this, (laughs) this massive force and it's so small. You know what I mean? It's so small, but it's a massive force. And, and we could do so much good. I'm so thankful for today. (laughs) What a beautiful, beautiful gift to talk to. Man, that's dope. Um, all right, love. Well, we are, we're about at our time for the calls. Um, we could keep talking and I, I, we didn't even talk about food forestry and, uh, get into that. Um, so you have to come back again sometime. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Oh man, dope sis. I'm so happy to connect with you. Um, I hope that you got a lot of good scarves and hats and I know it's cold in a mug with that head. So I, I, that was the one thing when, when the call came, it was winter. So I shaved my head in winter, right up the start of winter. <laughs> Excuse me. That's, uh, that's mother nature for you. She's got jokes. Right. <laughs> she does. She's got jokes. She's like, I'm about to. Really put you through it. <laughs> Yesterday at the Tony Robbins event, it was so cold in there, Risa. It was probably oh, like 32 degrees. Oh my, oh my gosh. God. It was so cold. And the whole time we're like, this is a part of, this is a part of it. Like you have to sit here and freeze and still stay excited <laughs> to be alive <laughs> and keep up with Tony Robbins energy. Cause my man yeah. has like the ultimate energy. Um, 
it, it was so that your inner energy would would find its way to the outside. Yeah, they didn't want no they didn't want no no suckers, no no punks there. Like if you can't deal with thirty two degrees for eight twelve hours, <laughs> um, you're not you're not cut out. <laughs> So everyone, we were just all there, like we're gonna get through this together. My sides yeah. hurt, girl, from shaking so together. much. Yeah, huddled together, huddled together, and on the breaks, everyone was out in a little few patches of sun because, like, the building was blocking most of the sun, and my literally, like, my my side muscles hurt from shivering so much. Oh man! But we oh. made it. I hope you got warm after that. Were you able to get warm? Heck yeah, and we made it, and everything is okay, and that's what we do. You know, we shave our heads, yeah. and we just get better. So <laughs> We shave our heads and got in the snow. Man, and God better go back to Trinidad, please. please. And, then re- and then it reminds us why we want to go back to Trinidad. Yeah. <laughs> please go back to Trinidad. Um, I want to kick it with you. I Come on. Let's meet in Trinidad in 20 years. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. You know, when, when, tell me when, and uh, we'll plan. Man, I, girl, I, I told myself about 20 years, but I just recently I was feeling like maybe it's like a 10-year look. I don't know. I'm I'm kind of ready to, to do well, it. Well, you know, but. you could go visit. You could go visit first. Or yeah. you could go visit sooner. Let's and then uh, doubt out some land and everything. All right. It's in it's in the it's in my mind. It's been in my mind since I met you. I wasn't playing. It's just uh, the time hasn't come yet. But <laughs> right, <laughs> we're going. Right. Yeah, yeah. I feel the same. It's not it's not here yet because I'm I'm not quite ready. I feel like I need to. There's certain skills I need to um, engage with mm. and and have under my belt and feel strong about before I go there and try to do that work there. Yeah, step by step. You sound super strong right now, sister. I am. I'm I'm happy. You sound strong. So keep going, love. All right. Yeah, you too. And keep on inspiring the people. Man, we're going to do this together. Um, All right, love. Well, friends, that is episode 14. Um, So many jewels in this one. I hope you guys are listening closely. Uh, Risa, um, well, it's pretty much personal. So your your personal page is now. So we won't won't share any of your personal uh, contact. Unless you want. Did you want to leave any ways for folks to contact you? But you're not practicing now. You're... Yeah, I'm not practicing now. I have a Facebook page, um, uh, Grassroots Health or Grassroots Community Health. Dope. Um, you can always connect on there. I haven't been posting much on there recently. Um, I do have an Instagram, um, Dr. Risa. Uh, so you can always connect with me there as well. And it's and I'm not practicing, but it's R-H. So it's Dr. R-H-E-S-A. And, um... Yeah, I, you know, I'm always inspired by others to to post once in a while, but I'm not a frequent poster. So whenever I see something that I find is very interesting, I'll post it on there. Yeah, but she only shares the good stuff, so a a worthy person to follow um, and to to keep track of. All right, love. Well, I appreciate your time and your energy. Um, Family on the show, I will be back in two weeks, episode number 15 and i'm pretty sure we're gonna have some pretty dope some more plant talk um the makers of cbd rainer our cbd brand that we're carrying a beautiful couple here in the desert um that have put a lot of time and energy into creating a really good product that's healing a lot of folks um and i think i'll have linda rainer on the show next week um if not we'll have her on soon Uh, but until then family we will talk to you then risa thank you love thank you
All right. Peace, y'all.